Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to chsrhealthylife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. chsrhealthylife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From beautiful Huntington Beach, California, on the HealthyLife.net radio network, heard in all 50 states and 135 countries, all positive talk radio all the time. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at CaregiverDave.com. We're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio video platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox, MixCloud, and that's only some of them. <laughs> I don't want to bore you with the rest. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Brooke Ellison, author of Look Both Ways, and her caregiver mom, Jean Ellison. Brooke's mother, Jean, married her high school sweetheart, Edward, in 1973, and after giving birth to their three children, Histon, Brooke, and Reed, the family moved to Stony Brook, New York. That's where I was born, in Brooklyn. On the north shore of Long Island, Jean completed her degree in education with a specialization in special ed as a special ed teacher in September 1990. And Jean's first day as a teacher was the same day of the life-altering car accident that left 11-year-old Brooke paralyzed from her neck down and dependent on a ventilator to breathe. Jean left her job to be at her daughter's side, a position she has maintained ever since. And she accompanied Brooke to rehab in New Jersey, to school when she returned after her accident, and to Harvard when Brooke was an undergraduate and master's student. Talk about an overachiever. <laughs> in 2004, Jean and Brooke wrote the book, Miracles Happen, which was adapted into the movie, The Brooke Ellison Story, directed and produced by Christopher Reeve. Brooke has lived with respirator-dependent quadriplegia for more than 30 years, and her mom, Jean Ellison, has been by her side ever since. Before we get started, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, uh, Debbie Peterson, talking about how we need to be involved in our government and our local elections, because so much of getting caregiver respite, as in Hollywood, depends on the squeaky wheel. There are so many caregivers out there who, uh, gosh, if they all went on strike, I tell you, the whole medical system would crash because they're saving that industry billions and billions of dollars. And Congress and the president and uh, local governments and state, county, et cetera, they need to be doing more for caregivers because they're great people and they just need a louder voice. 
So just to remind you, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Debbie and Jean, nice to have you on the Caregiver Dave Show. Thanks so much. Um, I, I do like to ask my first question, uh, and we'll go with uh, Jean first. Jean, uh, who is Jean Ellison, and why was she placed on this earth? Well, it seems to me that Jean Ellison was placed here on earth to be a mother for the rest of her life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, when you bring a child into the world, that's exactly what your job is. You you don't ever stop being a mother. You don't ever stop caring for your children. And when they need you the most, you have to be there for them. And Brooke, same question for you. Who's Brooke Ellison, and why was she placed on this earth? Oh, gosh, well, I mean, I, I could take that question and go <laughs> many different directions, but I, I, first and foremost, I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful to be the daughter of a mother and a set of parents who have been uh, so dedicated to uh, their child's uh Success and you know, continuation of her life. I mean, that, that is uh, by far what I'm proud, most proud of. Um, anytime anybody asks me, you know, what are my, what, what of my achievements am I most proud? Um, I always say the fact that my family was able to take a very difficult set of circumstances and turn it into, um, an opportunity to become stronger, to become more capable people and to move ahead with our lives in the most productive way we possibly could. So that, above all, is what I think I I identify with. Wow, it's an amazing story and a story of love. Uh, Mm -hmm. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking, Brooke? Sure, no, I'm 44 now. 44, you look so young. (laughs) Oh, thank you. So your mother has been caring for you for 33 years. Did I do the math right? It'll be 33 years in September, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't ask how old I am. <laughs> Does it feel like 33 years? <laughs> no. 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 I, mean, I can remember the day of my the day before my accident with such stark clarity. Um, it's, it's astounding. And you know, really, the you know, seminal moments over the past, 33 years are just you know, so emblazoned in my in my brain, and you know they've gone by so quickly. I think particularly these last 20 years, right, have gone by very quickly. Uh, since yeah. the time that's called getting old. <laughs> getting yeah, old. exactly. Um, yeah, I've been watching my wife for 27 years. It seems just like yesterday that she had her stroke at 52. But uh, you know, caregivers. Um, often get neglected you know people are always asking them so how's your loved one doing and rarely do they ask well how are you doing so let me ask you gene how are you doing after 33 years of being a full-time caregiver i'm okay uh, i'm okay are you I, sure you're I, okay because caregivers will say they're okay when they're not okay are, no, you, are you okay really i am i am i get up in the morning i have a reason to get out of bed at four o'clock <laughs> i don't know if she's strung together an entire night's sleep four o'clock. 33 yeah. years and it's a, it is a long day but i am i have a lot of energy you know and uh thank god i do because uh brooke is a very busy woman and it's hard, <laughs> she's hard to keep up with i'll tell you <laughs> all so, the men- 
So how much sleep do you actually get on average every night? Uh, five broken hours of sleep. Mm. Is that enough? Every single day. No. <laughs> every day. So if I start nodding off today during this interview, don't, don't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, the average, you're, you're doing better than the average caregiver. The average caregiver gets two to three hours sleep oh, every night. Goodness. And I mean, I can't survive on that. I can't even survive on five hours. So I don't know how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we have to figure out how to get you some respite mm-hmm. so that you can, uh, you know, have a day off every now and then. No? Are you able to have a day off ever? No, I haven't had one off in 30, almost 33 years. Even if I'm sick, I manage to drag myself out of bed, get Brooke up onto the computer, and then I can rest for a few hours during the day. And I'm, I'm sorry, Brooke, we're talking about you like you're not that's there. Right, but, that's uh, right. No, God, no, that's right. But our audience are burned out caregivers, so, you know, they're they're very interested in both sides of this equation. But um, why can't you get respite, and uh, respite is help, to mm-hmm. maybe do uh, the duties that you, you need to do for Brooke like once a week, twice a week? I don't know. what What's stopping that from happening? Just curious. Uh, well... In the past, it was uh, Brooke's busy schedule and also the um, complexity of her care. Because, it, you know, a neighbor can't come in and, you know, spend time with Brooke and so I could go to the food store. It just uh, can't be that way because you you need to have uh, critical care uh, background and training to, to be able like, to... Like a registered nurse? Or a nurse or uh, an LPN that has critical care background, yes. Mm. You need to know what to do because her, she is on life support. And, you know, mm. if something goes wrong, she won't survive. And what you were making at the beginning of, of the, the show is quite right, that there we need to be talking policy measures that provide um, the kind of uh, salary that home care nurses are looking for. I mean, right now we have yeah. a critical health care provider shortage, and many nurses mm. who are typically working in the healthcare setting are being called to work in hospitals, um, and yet the, you know, that kind of setting. So there's a real dearth of home care nursing, and that's been a chronic problem. They're, you know, they're not adequately paid, and um, you know, the, that is being felt on the backs of people who need that kind of care, you know, myself included. Wow. So there is a shortage. You know, there's a shortage of care facilities. There's a shortage of paid caregivers. There's a shortage of family caregivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a tsunami on the horizon, you know, like similar to Social Security, how now people are more people are taking out of the system than putting in the system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like to say that uh, if you're not a caregiver, just wait. You're either going to become one or need one. And, sure. you know, where's that care going to come from? Yeah, and there's been an increase in children becoming caregivers. There's over mm-hmm. 6 million uh, caregivers under the age of 18, and many times it's like, no, you're not going to school today. Uh, we have to do something, and you need to stay with Grandma. You know, and these poor kids, they don't get, um, you know, the benefits of uh, what the labor department, you know, says, well, okay, you need – uh, 30 minutes or an hour lunch every day. You need two 20-minute breaks. No, 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 none of that applies. So, yeah, it is a crisis. Do you have any um, uh, ideas about uh, how <laughs> how we can mitigate that crisis, or you're as clueless as, as I am? 
That'd be your question. <laughs> we are trying to get some nursing in at the moment. Yeah, at least into our house. Into our yeah. house. But in that, general, that would be nice. Uh, I think a uh, higher pay. Exactly, a higher reimbursement rate. I think is what is is needed for sure. And 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 you know, more kind of training for family members, more support yeah. services for family members. I mean, the uncompensated care is just. That's where the vast majority of care is being given. So um, it, I think that there is an opportunity to structure things a bit differently when it comes to payment opportunities so that family members can receive compensation for the care that they provide so they don't have to just clearly um, abjectly leave their jobs and then not receive yeah. payment for the care that they give. And that's like the show we had last week. Get involved in your local government, you know, uh, verbalize. Caregivers really need to get organized and have have a union or something exactly. where, where they can speak with one voice. I mean, you know, the the um, the gay and lesbian community has done an excellent job of yeah. making their voices heard. And look yeah. at how much change has occurred just because of them speaking out. Can you imagine uh, caregivers are in, uh, you know, tremendous needs and uh, politicians don't seem to have a clue unless it happens to them and their family. You know what I mean? Hawaii is is the leader in the pack. They're providing twenty five hundred dollars a month to any caregiver who applies for it. You know, there's only so much funds. So when it runs out, it runs out. But um, each year they get a little more and a little more. And as far as I know, they're the only state in the union who is doing it. It doesn't matter how much money you make, whether you're employed or unemployed. You know, they they That's recognize wonderful. they take caregiving very seriously. They even have a name for it. It's called Kapuna, you know, uh, elderly loved one, you know. Yeah. And um, you keep saying that um, Brooks has a busy schedule um, other than her her care. What kind of a schedule does she have that makes her so busy? <laughs> well, she, she's a full time professor at the Stony Brook University. So and she's then, not a student. She's a professor. She's she teaches professor. classes. So associate professor, hopefully soon to become a full professor. Oh and in addition to that, she just took on another full-time job as vice president of technology and Innova- Innova- innovation. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? exactly. Yeah. Oh uh, my! You must be very smart, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very You're kind of like Dr. Hawking, you know, very important person, <laughs> and and uh, you probably have a uh, swarm of fans. All around you, wherever you go out there, especially at the college. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, um, I definitely keep a busy schedule. I don't know if I'm smart, but definitely busy. I know that much. And uh, that's just the way I like it. You know, I feel like my life has been such that, um, you know, I've had a lot of experience. The depth of my experience, I think, is valuable. I think people see the value in that and um, have expressed that to me on many occasions. So either by uh, correspondences over email or um, on social media or in places that I visit, um, there's, there tends to be a lot of support for the work that I do, and I feel very fortunate to do yeah. that. I a lot of speeches and presentations and, and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, I feel like many people would question, you know, you know would ask, you know, is, is this just a meaningless kind of existence? You know, is your, yeah. is your, you find a sense of purpose. And I have been very fortunate to find a lot of purpose in my life in circumstances that could seem purposeless or meaningless. And I find a lot of purpose and drive and commitment to 
hopefully make other people's lives um, yeah. better as a result. What did you major in, and, and what is it that you teach at the university? Sure. So as an undergraduate, I uh, majored in cognitive neuroscience, which was a joint major uh, between psychology and biology. It was a new program, relatively new um, at Harvard. Uh, so I was one of the first classes uh, in that in that program. And that was great. I learned about you know the central nervous system and how our brains influence our behaviors. So that was that was great. And um, then I kind of broadened my scope of interest. And as a graduate student, as a master's student, I went to the uh, the Harvard Kennedy School of Government and I studied uh, public policy. So I got my master's degree in public policy. And then ultimately my PhD in sociology with a specialization in the sociology of science and science of policy and how that um, shapes public decision making. Um, and I've wow. carried that through with uh, different kinds of endeavors I've taken ever since, um, looking at the uh, ethics of medicine and, you know, what ethical questions are really deeply embedded in medical practice and how they are very relevant to the experiences that I've had in my life, um, you know, whether that is end-of-life decision-making or what it means to live on medical technology or how we value the lives of people who live differently as opposed to those who are kind of more, you know, physio-normative. Um, so I think my students get a lot out of learning medical ethics from somebody who has actually experienced the kinds of questions that we as a class take on, and that has been really rewarding. I think it's an unusual vantage point from which to address prominent bioethical questions, but a very important one, especially since so many of these debates centrally revolve around people with disabilities. Yeah. So you're fighting for the disabled rights. Uh, you're fighting for human rights, equal access to health care, schooling, job opportunities, independence, the pursuit oh. of happiness, uh, the in the Constitution, <laughs> and um, in a word, inclusion. And um, is that is that your main focus, or you, or I mean, have you shifted from from one point to another, or you or you do all of the above? Yeah, no, all of the above, all wow. of the above. No wonder yeah. your schedule is uh, <laughs> your poor <Yeah>. mother. <laughs> exactly, I know, I know, I, I, I run her ragged for sure. Um, we need to send her on a vacation when you get those nurses in. Oh my gosh, I would love nothing more. And I've got just the vacation for you. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, how hard is it to find your voice and use it? Um, uh, that's quite literally. I mean, it took you six weeks to get your voice back, but I think you're talking about a different kind of voice, our our political voice, no? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's kind of a um, uh, a metaphor that I string throughout sure. both ways, that uh, after my accident, it took six weeks for me to, um, to be able to talk and to find my voice, um, literally, because I was using a ventilator, and it's very difficult for people on ventilators to be able to talk, but, you know, that is obviously a metaphor for how we need to find our voices, um, no matter what our experiences might be, how marginalized our existence might seem, and be very vocal about who we are, what our lives are like, what contributions we can make to the world, and never doubt that we have a strong contribution to make, yeah. and to 
even that and to understand where our positions are in the world and how we can make best use of those um that took a long time for me to uh to understand it took probably a good 10 years after my accident if not longer for me to understand that i had a very valuable set of experiences that people could learn something from and the world could possibly become a better place uh, as a result of if i actually situated myself properly and was felt a sense of confidence enough to articulate experiences that were very difficult to talk about you know no yeah. doubt very challenging and emotionally heavy well you know what we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be right back so don't go away Secrets from the Hammock is Dave Nassani's new book. This gives you many secrets on how to navigate life in an easy-to-use and read format. Imagine forgiving those that hurt you or realizing and using the power of momentum or discovering the hardest part of love and how to overcome it. Get this and more info with Secrets from the Hammock by Dave Nassani. Get your copy now. Available on Kindle, Audible, and Amazon.com. That's Secrets from the Hammock. And relax. Dave's got you covered. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit healthylife.net's advertiser page and click on audiobooks to get started. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. You're listening to HealthyLife.net. Millions of listeners know the secret. Now you do, too. Positive talk 24 hours a day, every day. And we're back to the Caregiver Dave show. My name is Dave Nassani, and we're talking to Brooks Ellison and her mother, Jean. 
And uh, I wanted to ask you, is it is it painful for you to speak? I mean, am I asking you too many questions? Should I be asking your mother more questions? <laughs> I, I'm sure you're teaching. You speak when you teach, yes? I, I talk all the time. I, I talk more than anybody I know. To so be it's honest. not painful for you? It's not painful, no. No, I exhaust myself talking. And I was like, <laughs> highly questionable as to whether or not I was going to be able to talk. And I know that the physicians who treated me initially after my accident would be quite shocked to see all the talking that I do. So I, I give um, three-hour lectures. Uh, that's the paradigm that I teach in. So I teach you know, for three hours, talk for three hours at a steady wow. time. And then you know, I do that multiple times a day sometimes. And uh, how do you feel at the end of the day? Is your ho- is your voice hoarse? Uh, are you physically tired? I mean, uh, how is this load on you uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, et cetera, at the end of the day? Yeah, um, so my voice is always hoarse. Um, so if it, if it sounds that way, it kind of always sounds that way. That okay. was one of the first things I needed to become accustomed to after mm-hmm. my accident. Was my, my voice was going to sound very different, and you just become accustomed to that. I was a little uh, self-conscious about it for a while, and now it's you know, the mechanism by which I um, you know effectuate change in the world. So it's you know I've learned to love it. Um, well, Louis Armstrong has a voice uh, similar, and he loves it, and he made a lot of money with it. So I wouldn't true. worry about that. I will not do it <laughs> singing or anything like that. So spare everybody of that. But um, no, but by the I keep. You know, as my mother said, I keep very long hours, so I can work we're up very early, and then I work you know, late into the night, basically until I get into bed. So usually, is she by your side each hour of the day in Harvard, et cetera, wherever you go, or should, does she just drop you off, or how does it work? No, no, we're, we're basically this close most of the day and have been for the past thirty-three years. Uh, oh, so she's getting an education too. You've got a Harvard education. I went to school for about 40 or 50 years, all told, between <laughs> my education and hers. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah, no, so she was by my side. She didn't just drop me off. She was yeah, there every step of the way. And, um, yeah, so I'm usually amazing. here in my office, you know, working away through you basically yeah. until later. You're both amazing. You're both amazing. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your book. You wrote a book. Uh, one book or two books? How many uh, books? This is my second. Yeah, look both ways. This is my second. So, book. uh, let's talk about your first book and then your second book. How are they different? Why did you write uh, both of them? Mm-hmm. Right. So my first book, uh, actually, my mother and I wrote together. Actually, it was you? Um, my whole family participated in our first book called it was Really. Called Happen. Yeah, and it was, was that like your memoirs that get us up to speed? Is your story what happened? How it happened? <laughs> Exactly right. So after my graduation, my graduation from Harvard generated a lot of attention, and there was a lot of interest in 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 us telling our story. So I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So the, so the, uh, miracles happen starts uh, the day of my accident in 1990, and then um, continues all the way until. Sorry. Are we okay? Okay. And it continues until her uh, graduation from Harvard. Sorry, uh, I just had a muscle And her graduation, she... Uh, muscle act- spasm. Exactly, yeah. yeah, I get those from time to time. Yes. She did so you're not without challenges, and yet you pursue through them. Thank you. You can take it. Um, so 
I don't want to talk about this if it's too painful for you, but oh, no, not I'm, painful at I'm all. curious about the the actual accident. How did it happen? Whose fault was it? Um, what was the extent of your accident, uh, of your injuries? Was anyone else injured, et cetera? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, it was, it was uh, nobody's really, nobody's fault. So actually I was walking home from my first day of seventh grade. I was just 11 years old. And in order to get home from where I was from my junior high school, I had to cross a fairly major highway here on the You were a pedestrian. Yes, yeah, oh crossing uh, called Nichols Road, uh, cuts north and south on, on Long Island, and is hit by a car that was traveling uh, 55 miles an hour. Uh, so you know, my body first, it kind of was, I, I hit my forehead, hit the windshield of the car, and then cracked my skull open, and then I was oh thrown about 100 feet in front of the car and landed down on the pavement and bit off a third of my tongue and you know, damaged all of my limbs in one way, shape, or form, uh, either broken bones or torn ligament, ligaments. Um, and did, did he not see you? Did you not see him? I mean, Exactly, what... just an unfortunate situation like that. Yeah, not a matter of drunk driving or anything like that. Just and, of course, he stopped. Yes, yeah. Very felt awful. I, I imagine wow. I never actually had any uh, contact with him after oh. my accident, but um, I'm sure I'm sure it was traumatic for him, traumatic for the friends, uh, to the friends who were with me at the time. Uh, there was with about a dozen or so friends, and I was the only one who was physically injured. Um, and uh, given the, the damage onto my head, there was a lot of question as to whether or not I was going to uh, be able to have any cognition or be able to. Wow. You know, it's talk. amazing that you do and that you're as smart and as sharp as you are. It's Thank a miracle. You. Thank you. Yeah, I was in cardiac and respiratory arrest when uh, emergency response arrived at the scene of the accident. So it was very doubtful as to whether or not I was going to survive. And if so, what my life would, would look like. Um, so I was in pediatric intensive care for six weeks. Uh, I'm sure your hospital bill was in the millions of dollars. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. please tell me that there's a financial stream of money coming in to support all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're not destitute, right? No, 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 no. Oh, good, so, good, good. Yeah, my father worked for the federal government, and um, he had a, a strong uh, health insurance. Oh, good. Uh, which is Thank goodness, exactly, which was able to supply a lot of my... And I'm, uh, sure, and I'm sure you get disability in, in some form or another. Um, actually, I don't, because I, I work as much as I do. Oh, uh, you make too much money to get, get the disability. Exactly, exactly, which is another policy issue. Yeah, that is in dire need of changing. Actually, I just gave a panel discussion up at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government uh, just last week talking about um, you know policy measures that need to be changed, and that was one of them. Wow. My, my co-host is joining me late, uh, Debbie Peterson. She had something to do. But hi, Debbie. Welcome. Hi there. This hi, is Brooke, How are you? Brooke Ellison and her yeah. mother, Jean. Um, wow. Uh, it's a miraculous story. Um, Brooke got hit by a car at 11 years old as a pedestrian and uh, should have been dead. But here she is uh, alive and not only alive, but smart as a whip and uh, went to Harvard undergraduate, postgraduate. Now she's a professor at Harvard, associate professor, soon to be a professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just can't believe the story. Thank um, you, thank you. Uh, Congratulations! About... I'm I've got goosebumps. That's 
That's an amazing thing. So she was talking about her first book, and now she's going to talk about her second book, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, my first book was you know, very much kind of a, a chronicling of our lives together and the kind of experiences we had from the time of my accident until I graduated from Harvard in 2000, so over that 10-year span. And you know, after that, I knew that I wanted to write another book, but I wasn't really sure you know, what orientation it was going to take and how, you know, what message I wanted to send, you know, and whether it was just going to be a continuation of the story or it was going to be something different. Um, it wasn't until uh, right before my 40th birthday, um, I became very sick. I, uh, as I'm sure you're familiar with, I, I uh, developed a severe pressure ulcer on my left leg that became you know, very infected, you know, very uh, debilitating. And you know, so I had to be medically treated, surgically treated with a debridement and irrigation. And I was on uh, round after round of IV antibiotics for months and months and months. Um, and you know, I knew how deleterious these could be and how threatening it was to my life. So that summer, that following summer after my 40th birthday, I said, you know, you need to write your story. You need to write the things that are most important to you. Otherwise, you might not have the chance to do that again. So that summer, I just locked myself in my bedroom, which is right behind me, right behind my mother's head there, um, and just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote about the things that, that I care most deeply about, the lessons that I've learned, um, the struggles. Well, wait, wait a minute. How do you write? Oh, so I, I use a voice-activated computer. I use the, uh, Is it pretty, pretty accurate? Uh, well, it, it has improved 90%. over the years. Yeah, I mean, it takes time. It takes not without its frustrations, for sure. But when it's at a good clip, you know, I can type you know, as fast, if not faster, than most other people. And, yeah, I just I didn't have any distraction around me. And um, I wrote about it. You know, the struggles that I experienced that people with disabilities in general uh, encounter when dealing with disability, when you're learning to live with a disability. So that was kind of the first half of the book. And then I have this you know, chapter five, which is a kind of a, a pivotal chapter, chapter or transformative chapter in the book where I you know, kind of encourage myself to look in the other direction. Right? Sure. Looking in one direction, now looking in the other direction. And the second half of the book is all about the virtues that come out of disability, the things that I have learned um, as a result of disability that I would not have learned before, whether it's a lesson of hope or of leadership or of resilience or of you know, the strength of family and perseverance and you know, taking on political issues and finding my voice. Like, all of these things were, were purely the result of living with a disability. Right, so having that um, uh, having that as a frame was really quite important as me. So yeah, the title "Look Both Ways" can you know, on face value be thought of as you know kind of an admonition for um, you know, crossing the street, but at the sure. same time, it's you know much more metaphorical than that, and you know, how you can look at your life. You You're one big that. metaphor, actually. That's right. That's right. Listen, uh, we're overdue for a break, so let, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Secrets from the Hammock is Dave Nassani's new book. This gives you many secrets on how to navigate life in an easy-to-use and read format. Imagine forgiving those that hurt you or realizing and using the power of momentum or discovering the hardest part of love and how to overcome it. 
Get this and more info with Secrets from the Hammock by Dave Nassani. Get your copy now. Available on Kindle, Audible, and Amazon.com. That's Secrets from the Hammock. And relax. Dave's got you covered. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Remember, get positive emotions at www.healthylife.net. Welcome back to the Caregiver Dave Show with my co-host Debbie Peterson and my guests Brooke and Jean Ellison. And um, I want to shift the interview a little bit now to Jean because our our audience are burned out caregivers. And if anyone should be a candidate for burnout, Jean, it should be you because uh, she's been Debbie. She's been caring for for her daughter for thirty three years, and she gets about five hours sleep every night. I, I just want to know how you do it. And surely you have had some symptoms of burnout in the beginning, at least. And what did you do about it? Did you recognize it? And how did you get this stride now that, that you can get up every morning at 4 a.m. and do what you have to do and drag yourself into bed every night? Uh, please educate these burnout caregivers who are not surviving. Well, a lot has to do with the, the help that I get from my husband. Have oh, he, silent hero, huh? Yes, he is. He's very supportive. <laughs> uh, he does a lot around the house to help me. Um, he he cleans, he does laundry, he what does shopping for me. And, and that is really, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> you couldn't do it without him, right? No, I couldn't. <clears throat> and you know, it's so unfortunate. There are so many yeah. caregivers who have uh, a disabled or a special needs child whose spouse left them. He says, you know what? I didn't sign up for this. And uh, I was at the Abilities Expo two weeks ago mm-hmm. and just seeing so many kids, mm-hmm. uh, spina bifida, Down syndrome. Many mm-hmm. of them were single. Not all of them, thank God, but many of them were. And try doing all this by yourself, you know. Yeah, I don't know what I really Somehow know. they're managing, you know. It's, it's uh, amazing. 
Oh, go on. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but another thing uh, that makes it worthwhile and gives me the incentive to get up every morning and take care of Brooke is that she makes it fun really? and interesting. Yeah. You know, it's not just all drudgery and work and you know, blood, sweat, and tears. She makes it fun too. Give me so an example of how she makes it fun. <laughs> well, she gets involved in so many interesting things, like being on a podcast, for instance, <laughs> you know, and, you know, taking me away to Harvard. I never went to, away to school. I went locally. And so uh, I went to my first keg party with her. My only keg party. <laughs> yeah. So, but she's um, being very modest, right? I mean, she's my mother puts in extremely long hours, never with, without any hesitation, without any question. I don't know how she does it, right? My, myself seeing her do it day in and day out. Uh, my life is only the product of her time and, and her love and support all of these years. Um, I never would have been able to do anything without that. And she does it without any question. You're, you're like she said before, irrespective of how awful she feels. Right? A few years ago, she had the shingles and you know, was taking oh. me into the chair in the morning, my wheelchair in the morning, and then would just sleep for as much time as she possibly could before taking care of my next medical need. And how long did you have the shingles? Oh, a few weeks. I how did you manage how did you manage that i i don't know it, it, and i do get it from time to time uh, again you know if i get uh, if i'm under a lot of stress did I'm, you have that that preventative vaccine beforehand or no no i still haven't had it actually i didn't think it would help because i've had it so many times but i think you know i, I what did I, you have I, so many times like, shingles shingles yes well, I think it wouldn't hurt because you yeah. have a lot of stress in your life. But, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, so mothers and daughters. Yeah, we still have plan parties. That's the other That's thing. the other fun part. <laughs> mothers and daughters uh, are notorious for not getting along or arguing. Or Do you guys, I mean, I'm sure you're very close and you're very loving to each other, but there's got to be times that maybe one of you gets on the other's nerves and snaps. Oh, absolutely. And we wouldn't be human if we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we spend time doing the most intimate and difficult and sensitive and often painful things, right? So it would make sense that we would you know, do, get on each other's nerves. Or... And I'm assuming you each give each other a lot of grace. Yeah. Oh my goodness, for sure. That is from, that is the case. Yeah. And and uh, we're up on another break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. These darn breaks. <laughs> Secrets from the Hammock is Dave Nassani's new book. This gives you many secrets on how to navigate life in an easy-to-use and read format. Imagine forgiving those that hurt you or realizing and using the power of momentum or discovering the hardest part of love and how to overcome it. Get this and more info with Secrets from the Hammock by Dave Nassani. Get your copy now. Available on Kindle, Audible, and Amazon.com. That's Secrets from the Hammock. And relax. Dave's got you covered. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, 
you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and caregiverdave.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. One arm, one leg. 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. When you need a positive point of view, turn to HealthyLife.net, your 24-7 radio network for a better future. Welcome back on the Caregiver Dave Show with uh, Gene and Brooke Ellison and my co-host, uh, Debbie Peterson. I'm Dave Nassani. And um, I wanted to ask you, what did I want to ask you? See, I lost my train of thought. But it had something to well, do. Pardon? I'm curious about, um, I, I guess you both enjoyed the Harvard experience to some extent. And I'm really curious about what you teach. And maybe you've already told all of us that. But what, what is it you are, are teaching at Harvard? I was I'm a professor at Stony Brook University, so I got my PhD. I mean, I, uh, you know, I got my PhD at Stony Brook University, and then went on to become a professor there, or associate professor now. Um, and I teach medical ethics and health policy. So, um, yeah, as I was explaining before, you know, it's very rare that somebody who has lived through these profound medical ethical questions, whether it's end of life decision making or uh, medical technology, or even the value that we ascribe to the lives of people with disabilities, right, to actually have those lived experiences and then to go on to teach them, I think is a very unique kind of uh, uh, perspective to have, and I feel very fortunate to have it. And to and most, many of my students, if not all of them, are going to be going into the healthcare professions. So to cool. have them, yeah, to have them have this knowledge, I think is really quite, quite valuable. And I also teach a course called Inclusion in Innovation. So essentially what this course is, is um, almost, uh, uh, well, I, I teach future engineers and healthcare providers and people really in all different disciplines uh, about how to be inclusive of people with disabilities in the work that they do, whether that is in the innovations that they create or the healthcare they provide. All right. Well, let's talk about now the... Um... The Brooke Ellison Story, a movie directed by Christopher Reeve, 
And I'm assuming this was when he was alive or no? That's right. Yeah, it was actually his last film. Yeah, the last film. I, I didn't even know he produced films uh, after his paralysis. How the heck did you do that? So tell me, how did that happen? And how can we see the movie? It's probably an older movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. 2004. 2004, yeah. So he passed away in, in October of 2004, earlier in October. I think. I'd love to see it, but how do I get a hold of it? Uh, it's actually it's on YouTube. Um, I think on it's, YouTube. it's okay. Yeah. The whole movie. Yeah, it cycles around on Netflix every Amazon. now and then. So, yeah. so how did he hear about you? So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, my graduation generated a lot of media interest, mm. and uh, yeah, there was a, a New York Times cover story on my wow. graduation. So he read about it. Read about my graduation, read about me and my mother. And, um, yeah, so he shortly after my graduation, the summer after my graduation, called my house and, you know, we chatted wow. for a while. Of course, that was a completely overwhelming experience <laughs> of itself. Um, and I was just sitting in my bedroom and we had this long conversation about you know, just commonalities and experiences in our lives. And then, wow. uh, yeah, so they said, you know, I wanted to tell to tell the story of somebody who's lived with the ventilator dependent quadriplegia for you know for a number of years now. And um would you how would you feel about me telling your story? So I said, Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> now did you star in it or you used actors? Uh... No, no, there is actors, yeah, actors playing me. So it's, it's your story. Exactly, exactly. My, my entire family, right? So my mother. So was she, it pretty accurate? Uh, did you have any um, any suggestions that he tweaked it here and there? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to capture the enormity of somebody's life in just 90 minutes, um, but they tried to capture you know, the, the essences of it. And... He did a lot of research, I'm assuming. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I think the one thing that was sort of lacking was in the um, how – tight we are as an entire family you're not just the relationship between my mother and me and that was really the, the focus of the film but you know we all are you're very close if we would not have gotten to where we are right now were that not the case so um but yeah so that's what the film is about so he had some examples in there of maybe a couple of arguments you might have had to, to show that you're normal people Sure, yeah. exactly, exactly. Wouldn't have been an accurate story were that not. <laughs> yeah, and just the common struggles that that people experience just by virtue of being human, right? And you don't yeah, necessarily sure. have to with a disability to experience some of the the heart the heartaches oh. that people um, encounter and pain and challenges. Um, so that's very much embedded in the film. So the whole uh, theme of the film is hope prevails over despair. What does someone walk away from the film? Uh, feeling and believing and yeah well i, th- I think you're not you know, I, I take a very particular uh, vision of hope that it's, it's not just something that we wish for it's not just synonymous with optimism it's actually acknowledging the challenges that we face right very action-oriented and saying okay i understand that i'm facing challenge let me a see new normal yeah how i can continue to find a path forward it's recognizing yeah. that challenge i mean i write at length in my book about about the concept of hope and what it means and how it is you don't don't know how hopeful you can be or how strong you sure. can be unless you face challenge in your life right it's only uncovered at that those points yeah it's part of the grief process acceptance and and mm-hmm. hope comes into play there 
Debbie, any comments? Anything you want to mention? Well, I'm curious about whether you manage to take breaks ever. I'm going back to the whole caregiving concept, but then for both of you, do you manage to get away? Do you manage to travel or mm. or or have any time off? You can stop it. I'm not that much. It used to be a little bit better, but over the past few years, Brooke's health has been declining a little bit, so it's making it a lot more difficult for us to get around. Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate and we feel sometimes we feel trapped you know between the, the pandemic for the last three years and oh, wow. health declining it's been it's been difficult well, but we listen. try to find fun as you know to whatever degree we possibly yes, can yes we try to bring the fun into the house <laughs> if we can't get out we bring it in <laughs> good for you listen we have run out of time so I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to share um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, like Christopher Reeve did, <laughs> uh, how would he do it? Um, you have a website, an email? Yeah, yeah. So I have a website, it's just brookellison.com. So Brooke with an E, B R O O K E E L L I S O N.com. I uh, also, you can find me on social media at, uh, on Twitter, Brooke M. Ellison. Um, so the yeah, M is in there for my middle name, Mackenzie. Yeah. Um, and Instagram and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find me on all of those sites. Um, yeah, and I love to I love to hear from people. I, I have been very fortunate to hear from people all over the world about their experiences, and each one of those correspondences means a great deal to me. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you've done a lot of interviews. Yes. Oh yes, quite a bit. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're very good at them. Thank all right, everybody. Uh, remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all your favorite platforms. And my newly re released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world, available wherever books are sold, and also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com. And if you join my Caregiver Dave Facebook community of 34,000 caregivers, you'll learn all about my new Acapulco Villa Caregiver Wellness Retreat and Vacation uh, sounds like Gene would be a great candidate for that. <laughs> I offer it to burned out caregivers trying to keep as many of those 30% of caregivers who die before their loved ones do alive. So if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. And so thank you again to all my listeners out there all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday and for making us the number one caregiver podcast on the Internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Secrets from the Hammock is Dave Nassani's new book. This gives you many secrets on how to navigate life in an easy-to-use-and-read format. Imagine forgiving those that hurt you or realizing and using the power of momentum or discovering the hardest part of love and how to overcome it. Get this and more info with Secrets from the Hammock by Dave Nassani. Get your copy now. Available on Kindle, Audible, and Amazon.com. That's Secrets from the Hammock. And relax. Dave's got you covered. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. 
This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo Air. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life 2 today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life 2 is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to CaregiverDave.com and join now. The Bright Side of Talk, HealthyLife.net.